Alan, thank you very much for coming on the Green Element podcast. Um, Pleasure. We've been working with each other for, I was just trying to work it out, 10 years? Uh, it must be coming up for that. Yeah. I guess. I yeah. it's quite round, let's round it around. And over that time period, we've seen so much change at Regions. Could you tell us a bit about Regions? Because you're, you're actually a kind of a business, aren't you? As w- and a university, so you're a private university. So yes. you run differently to other universities. Can you tell us a bit about who you are and um, a bit about yeah. university? Regents University of London, to give us a, mm. a, a proper title. Um, uh, be, been a, a place of learning on this site for about 100 years, maybe slightly more. Uh, but you're right, we are a private uh, university, uh, one of only a, a small handful in the, in the UK. Um, Regents actually started, it's a fantastic story, it started off as Bedford College. Now, Bedford College is, um, was the first college in the UK, or England certainly, um, to offer degree level education to women. Uh, it started in the late 19th century uh, by the Sisters Reed. It took its name from Bedford Square in London, where the, the sisters were were brought up. and. Um, by a rich benefactor, they got some space here in Regent's Park, and they have developed Bedford College and now Regent's University of London, as as, as we know. Um, we've got an international um, student base. We've got over 140 nationalities, I think it is, represented at the right. university. Um, so we're a very um, internationally focused business. Mm. Many of our courses um, address international business needs. Many of our students are from uh, families across the world who own, manage and run their own businesses and uh, their, their, their children, their students at Regents will probably in most most cases uh, go on to develop and uh, uh, join those uh, family businesses across the world. And actually, Regents is very much built on um, relationships. There is a, a piece that says once you come along to Regents and study here, you're part of the Regents family for, well, forever, I suppose. Mm. And indeed, now a lot of our alumni still come back uh, 20, 30, 40 years okay. after they studied here. Um, so, so we're very much a, a, a family-based university, mm. if you like. We're in central London, Regents mm. Park. Uh, we've got about 12 acres uh, on the south side of the park. Um, but actually, when you're here, you, you, could, be, you could be anywhere. It's very, it's very, it's very countryfied, it's very beautiful, mm. it's very peaceful, it's very calm. Uh, altogether, it's, a, it, it's an absolutely fantastic site that you would never imagine you were less than a few hundred yards from the hustle and bustle of... Uh, but equally, that's got its ramifications, hasn't it? Being in, in the park, you've got constraints on buildings and double you know triple glazing and stuff oh we have so there, yes. and so yes. therefore yes and that's and that i have found, i found really interesting and in yeah. watching how you've tried to green up the university yeah. with your hands almost tied behind your back in that's, some respects that's a fair comment um, and what i must say is that the university itself is we don't own these buildings mm. unfortunately uh they're part of the crown estate so we do have quite a long lease mm. and we've been here as i said before for quite a long time now because we're part of the crown estate and because we're within a royal mm. park we probably have more challenges and constraints mm. placed upon us than many other uh, similar uh, university mm. sites around the UK. 
that that has its challenges and they mm. see its problems. But on the other hand, it is actually a benefit because mm. it means that we are responsible for maintaining and developing the, the heritage, the culture, the quality, the beauty of the site. So everything we do must must have a very, very uh, close eye on it with regard to how we look after the site, mm. our responsibilities to look after the site. In practical terms, that, that means we can't just go around uh, replacing doors, replacing windows, mm. adding systems, adding adding uh, equipment, um, and, and so forth. And indeed, changing any of the sort of the gardens around here, they are controlled to an extent right. by Royal Parks. So we have to be very careful about everything mm. we do. Um, when I first came to Regents uh, six years ago, uh, like everybody that comes to Regents, absolutely overwhelmed by the. Then it'll be six years that we've been working together. Then uh, is it six years? If you've been here since. Oh right, we didn't. Work <laughs> work. I just wonder where you were, Will, before that. But anyway, um, yeah, when I came to Regents uh, many years ago, um, it, 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 I was overwhelmed by by the quality, the beauty, and and, and the layout of the place. It was just fantastic mm-hmm. to find mm-hmm. something like this in in London. Mm-hmm. Once I got my feet firmly under the table, it, it, it was very clear that we were doing some really good stuff, and we had some very very satisfied students and uh, conference visitors attending, especially conferences mm-hmm. through the summer and right. weekends, etc. So that was good. But nobody, nobody really knew what our impact was, uh, an environmental impact. Mm-hmm. Nobody really knew what we were using and how we were delivering and so mm-hmm. forth. And if there had been failures in any time before, there was always a tendency to switch things on mm-hmm. to be running 24-7. So we would just go into hand, as they call it, in the, in the trade. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the kit would run just just constantly, and nobody really, I, I wouldn't say nobody cared because I think that was wrong, but I, I don't think anybody actually appreciated the impact of running a site quite like that. Mm. So one of the first things that that I knew we had to do was to try and get a a grip on where we were, try and form a baseline of actually what we were producing in terms of energy use. Mm carbon emission mm. and of course money because it costs mm. money to run all these things and it does come back down to money usually at the end of the day when you're speaking to finance directors yeah. and, and, and the like um, so the first thing we wanted to do was implement a, a building management system or a building environmental mm. management system now this was a huge task an absolutely enormous mm. task because we had some bits that to be fair they never really worked or mm. Um, we really couldn't use them or access mm-hmm. the information or indeed run anything. Um, so there was a case then that um, I went out and spoke to some uh, colleagues working at uh, other universities and said, well, what's the best way to approach this? And I was given some great advice and included in that advice was, was a couple of organisations who were installing uh, BMS systems uh, and one in particular uh, carbon numbers slash ecosystems uh, they had done uh, some some really good work with Essex University right. uh, and a couple of them in inner London uh, universities as well as some very high-end um, financial uh, businesses so I contacted them had a conversation and they they could see the opportunity for them mm. as a business, mm. but equally they could see an opportunity for them 
to help regions develop and grow and implement some really good um, good systems and processes to, to measure what it was we were actually doing. And, and by the result of doing that, we actually started to identify, once we put the BMS system in, because we were trying to run things smart mm. and, and joined up, we actually started, and this was a bit of a surprise, we actually started to highlight where things weren't working. Right. Where there was fa- there mm. was failure, mm. and nobody had either noticed it, or maybe somebody had noticed it, but nothing had been done about it. Mm. So actually, it, it was really useful um, from from that point of view, point of view. We also identified a number of items which might be considered, I suppose, as backlog maintenance. Not not backlog maintenance that just hadn't been done. But backlog maintenance that people had thought, oh, maybe too difficult, don't want to go there, don't have the time, money was thankfully at Regents, not, not a significant issue because mm-hmm. the university is very committed in investing in the future of the university. So we were able to tie a couple of things in, things like um, LED uh, controlled lighting. Um, something that we didn't have uh, before, uh, mm. but we've only for the last, actually in fact we've just this minute uh, changed out some lighting we fitted nearly six years ago because right. it's coming to the, the mm. end of its life, its life cycle. So we've taken these lights out that we fitted nearly six years ago, put some new ones in and really lifted the area. But the benefit is we've taken the old lights out and fitted these lights into areas that are used less frequently. Right. So the LED lighting are perfectly suitable for cleaners, cupboards, mm. uh, storage areas, um, uh, some areas where we, we, we have in our library that are fairly low use mm. um, by one or two students and the lights are perfectly acceptable. So by actually replacing that cycle of replacement, we're considering all the time, well, let's not throw these LED lights away because they're not completely spent. Mm. Um, and, and let's make, make, you know, make use of them. So that's worked out quite well. We've also looked at running heating. Mm-hmm. Um, under controlled conditions, you know, saying, well, let's take a temperature sensor, let's find out what's happening in that area. Hold on, there's two, three hundred students in that area. Mm-hmm. We don't really need much heating because there's enough uh, mm-hmm. there's enough heat in there already. Um, so let's put the heating off or let's look at the outside temperature. Mm-hmm. How, how is it doing today? Do we need to bring the heating on an hour earlier or leave it off an mm-hmm. hour and, and things like that? The one area we had a real issue with was our residential accommodation. Um, we're a bit unusual here at Regents because we have um, about 230 beds right. um, with uh, probably around 150 rooms. Right. So from that, you work out that we actually have a number of rooms where we have uh, sort of dormitory-style accommodation. Right. Um, and what was happening there was that uh, with many international students coming from very much warmer climates, they, they were really struggling when they came over here because the, the buildings were cold. Um, and we were forced virtually to have our heating on uh, 24-7. Now, we, did, we don't have the level of sophistication to maintain adequate temperature of 21, 22 mm. degrees C. Um, we just have to put it on and, and let the students become really hot and cool down by opening windows, right. even in the middle of winter, which mm. was really frustrating. 
However, last year what we did, we we cleaned the whole system down, uh, cleaned it through, and every new every, every radiator had a new um, thermostatic control valve, and we put some new valve controls, zonal controls, into uh, the building. So we're now able to allow students to, if they are too warm, to put their heat mm. down a bit, mm. and we are actually able to control in in detailed fashion of when we want heating on and when we want it off. Mm. Now we do that with outside temperature, with the occupancy of the space. Um, we also try to shut the heating off for at least three or four hours uh, per twenty-four hours right. uh, through the night, when they should all be tucked up mm. safely in bed. Not not always the case, but we do try mm. that at least. One of the biggest challenges we do have, though, is um, being a Grade Two listed building. Um, the uh, the windows um, have been repaired and painted to an inch of their life over the last uh, number of years uh, and they really are in poor condition, mm. they're, they're not in good condition. Single glaze, timber, badly fitting, drafts, uh, these are the things we have to deal with. Now, I, I actually started my life as a joiner, so I've actually made windows, I've fitted right. windows, so I know a wee bit mm. about windows. Mm. And the last thing I'd ever want to do is to rip out a window and put mm. some blooming awful looking plastic or mm. metal plastic covered mm. replacement I think is just wrong mm. uh, notwithstanding the fact that it's a listed building mm. we have to we have to we have to conform mm. uh, with Westminster City uh, Council uh, planning um, regulations historical buildings etc and um, that's given us a bit of a challenge because with with really old windows it is very difficult to make them good mm. it, it, it's easy to change them mm. and to put some draft proofing and everybody stands by and think oh Marlis what a great job mm. we've done personally uh, I think it's money not well spent yeah. I, I think you really need to have to tackle these things properly so at the moment we're working with some architects and my preference is to change the windows with new timber windows exactly the same no right. difference in the configuration of the, the setup of the window. Uh, I think that's a responsibility that we have mm. to, to to take on board. Uh, with double glazed sealed units mm. and using quality sustainable timber, mm. using highest quality paints, prep, uh, prep, preparation techniques, mm. preservation techniques and so on, mm. so that we actually can stand back and say, well, they're not the same windows that were there, mm. but actually they're there is they're better. Mm. But they're still timber. Mm. They still look exactly the same. Mm. But actually, the draft proofing and the application mm. of draft proofing is of the very highest standards undertaken in a workshop. Mm. You can't get any better. Yeah. And and hopefully, once our architects have um, have addressed all the the the. the, the the T's and dotted all the I's, then we should be able to um, go back to the council uh, and see how we do. Running on from that, we have other buildings which are not listed, mm. but they are old, although most of them at one time, I suppose, were damaged by bomb damage during the, the, the Second uh, World War. Um, they have the traditional crittle type windows and single glazed, and, and again, they are in poor condition. Um, most of the windows have, have twisted a little bit, um, what catch is broken, hinges broken, 
difficult and challenging to repair because it's not obviously it's not carpenter but you need very specialist skills particularly if you expect them to come into site and actually do the repair on site so at the moment we're, we're looking at that and we're saying well maybe the right thing might be to, to do is to replace them using a, a typical critical critical design mm. um, very much in the same configuration as we've got putting double glazed panels in there, new handles, new hinges, etc, etc, where we would actually improve the U-value of the mm -hmm. whole building envelope significantly without, you know, we would just, just be incredible, uh, the difference that that would make. And we have worked with Westminster Council, and I have to say they've been very positive towards our ideas. Uh, we've done a pre-application process um, and have been very supportive. And they've even helped us to consider some further technologies, renewable technologies. They haven't said, well, let's do it and you can do it, there's no problem. But in our application process, they've suggested, well, why don't you block out some areas for inclusion of mm. renewable technologies? So we've done that. Mm. It, it's probably a couple of years away, but mm. we have done that. The other thing we've done to try and appease or satisfy the, uh, the authorities, we have a, a slightly newer building completed in the 50s, known as Jeb Building, where they had really old, um, sorry, not really old, but certainly critical windows mm -hmm. which were in poor condition. We've replaced them with uh, steel windows, with, with um, PVCU um, covering, uh, finish. And uh, we did that to demonstrate that we could have windows made to match the precise configuration of the old windows, to try and demonstrate to the council, look, regents are not here to change and, and mess around with the historical, the heritage, mm. the, the look of um, what regents is. And to be fair, I think the council recognise that now, because we have spent slightly more than maybe you would have had to spend if you just mm. replaced the windows. Mm. Um, so I think they recognise that, that Regents is, um, is quite keen to, to do the right mm. thing. One of the things that we've found with that, and it's, it's a really good learning point, we have actually created uh, conditions within our job building, which means even in the height of the winter, we can shove the heat off. Right, because the the windows are so effective mm. that um, providing they get that little bit of morning sun, you know, just mm. the sun's quite low, but mm. it, it just takes a chill off the space. And sometimes the heating mm. will come on to do that for an hour or two, mm. maybe from about six o'clock. But we find we can actually shut the um, heating off right. for, for for much of the day. And as the day goes on, students, staff will actually open windows. Mm. because it's getting slightly warmer in the mm. space. So that's providing some much-needed ventilation because mm. ventilation is an issue. On a older building, tube building, which I mentioned with the, with the other critical windows, uh, the danger is if we put double-glazed seal units everywhere around mm. tube, probably, I think there's a best part of uh, 400 windows. Right. Uh, we, we would create some really really um, uncomfortable mm. uh, conditions within the, the envelope of the building. Uh, now, we, we may well be able to turn the heating off, who, who knows, mm. but ventilation is is key. We would actually mm. stop the ventilation that we have now because mm. windows fit so badly. Mm. And that would have an impact on teaching. Mm. That would have an impact on the student experience and the visitor's experience to regions. So one of the things we're, we're looking at now, we're working with um, a couple of engineers 
just to try and identify a system that can work in tandem. So a system that will provide heating, a bit of ventilation and a bit of um, cooling as well the summer. And we're looking for that sorry, comprehensive package that if we do decide to do the windows, then we have to do this job as well mm. because you can't do one without the other. You could do the HVAC, but that might well be money badly spent because all the the good stuff you'd be creating, you'd be putting out the open mm. windows. Mm. So we have to think about it in that very logical, cohesive, strategic manner. So we line things up and, and, and do things um, as they need to be uh, addressed. So that's, that's, that's quite exciting for us. The other part, as I mentioned before, we are gardens. Um, I think it's about 12 acres we've got. And we have four full-time gardeners. Um, and they do a marvellous job. We have we have some beautiful gardens here. We have people who walk into regions that are always, you know, overwhelmed by the the, the it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the lawns mm. and the plants and the, mm. the trees and so on. And uh, I, I'm particularly proud of the gardening team uh, because they're, they're all committed to, um, to 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 looking after our gardens in the most sustainable way possible. Um, there's no pesticide used here. We, we don't buy any pesticides. Um, everything we do is, I'd like to say, organic. If that's mm. the right word. Uh, we, we, we recycle everything we can. Anything that we can't, then we dispose of. Uh, in our, um, in our uh, compost process mm. um, and we have uh, you know real real outturn from that every year the amount of compostable mm. stuff we put in the the waste piles comes back onto the gardens because it's spread around every it feels like it's about now actually every spring everything's put back down and uh, really goes back into the soil so nothing's mm. really taken off site mm. even when we we do some excavations for various bits and bobs um, we we never take the soil off site. Mm. Uh, we keep it. And um, recently, we ex we excavated quite a lot of clay um, from a project we did. And the gardeners took the clay and some topsoil and actually created um, mounds within a wild garden area. And they've all been sown with uh, wildflowers. Right. Um, and in the sort of early summer. Um, they're, they're absolutely fantastic uh, what we have around the, the place so you know by creating these mounds you've created a bit of interest mm -hmm. a little bit of you know you're walking through the space you see slightly different things we have a bug hotel mm -hmm. uh, which this year has gone really well actually uh, bees mm -hmm. we had uh, an apiary here for, for many years but sadly it had fallen into disrepair uh, although now we've just uh, agreed terms with um uh, a London bee organisation. I, I don't quite remember the name at the minute, but uh, they've been signed up and they're going to be uh, reactivating, or they may have started actually, uh, five hives in the right. grounds. Mm. So we're quite looking forward to that and uh, we'll be producing honey, probably not the first year, mm. uh, but certainly hopefully next summer and definitely the summer mm. after, uh, you'll be able to buy Regent's honey. Um, at, at, at the till in our refectory, okay. which is uh, which is great, mm. uh, and we will be actually looking at our planting to mm. make sure that we plant more and more um, uh, flowers and, and um, borders 
to attract bees and, and other insects and stuff because recognizing the, the volume they, they, they give to us. And with all the work that you've done, um, the savings and the environmental impact that you've saved, um, has, could you talk us a bit about what has happened and um, where you've got to and <clears throat> what you've achieved? I think that the impact that we've had has, so the impact of being more aware, more focused and managing our environmental impact has, has been huge. Um, people are very quick sometimes to, to come into organisations, including regions, and say, oh, you don't do anything. Mm. And you say, well, why, why do you have that idea that we do, mm. we don't do anything? And, and sometimes people's perception of what's happening in the environment is not quite the same of it's what organisations are trying to do. Mm. Uh, people will see one thing, they'll see some cardboard in an ordinary bin or you know, they'll see some uh, plastic coffee cups mm. just, just in ordinary bins, oh you don't recycle them and so forth and so on, or there's always lights left on, or you know the heating's mm. on and it's 22 degrees or whatever. Mm. So people have these the, these comments regularly to say, well, because of that, that means this organisation must be doing nothing. Mm. What we've been able to do with uh, our approach to environmental uh, management has been able to signpost people, individuals, to say, well, okay, we are doing things. Mm. Here's a list, mm. if you like, and that list is through our ISO 50001, which you and your team um, know know about mm. indeed you you've helped us uh, significantly to to develop that because i saw fifty thousand for fifty thousand one for me is a very basic tool there's lots of technology around there there's lots mm. of words connected to it and and they're all there for you if you mm. really want to sit and read mm. them i don't particularly find them that mm. fascinating but they are mm. there the key thing is it makes you think about delivering the ISO 50,001. Mm. It makes you think about saying, okay, I've signed up for this, I've paid for it, because it's not cheap. It doesn't come for mm. free. You have to yeah. pay money to people to mm. do these things for you. And then you have to pay people to come in and make sure you're doing it right. Yeah. So don't be in there any illusion that it all comes free. Mm. You have to work pretty hard and you have to pay some money. Mm. But the key is at the end of the piece is to have your 50,001, you need to have done these things and it's mm. these things that I'm passionate about mm. these things produce financial savings mm. now as soon as you mention financial savings you usually have the finance director his team probably most of the director and the business on board because mm. that is their goal mm. their goal is to save manage money mm. If you tell them, well, we've recycled, you know, two and a half tons, uh, two and a half tons of coffee cups a year, they're okay, they might smile and nod mm. their head, but mm. really, they're, they're not hugely interested. Mm. If you say to them, I've saved fifteen thousand pounds a year on our electricity running costs, well, mm. yeah, well, that's good. Mm. Can we do any more? Mm. And that is the point you have to grab onto. Can yeah. we do any more? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Now you then start to save your. CO2. And I think mm. here uh, at Regents were well in the 30 odd percent of um, CO2 savings. So that's 32, I think it's the 34 percent. Mm. I would like to check that one. 30 odd percent of where we've said 
let's not let that carbon either be mm. produced, mm. so let's turn things off, or where it has to be produced, let's control it mm. and let's try and stop that carbon waste going to atmosphere. Mm. That is our challenge. Um, in terms of the energy saved, I've, I've got some figures in here, and if you don't mind, I'll just have a look, because I probably yeah. got completely wrong. Um, we had a couple of um, challenging starts. So we we actually had a baseline of uh, 2016. We started off with a baseline of 2014, but then some buildings changed and other systems and processes changed, and we started to get slightly distorted, slightly skewed figures. So um, we, we did actually alter our baseline. Um, and at the moment, we are, you know, to, 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 to date, we've saved um, over a million uh, cubic um, kilowatt hours, you know, a million kilowatt hours of, of, of gas, and uh, it's like the more than half of kilowatt hours in terms of uh, electricity. Um, we've seen that. In, mm. in the numbers coming through the bills, mm. so that is that is a fact. We can mm. we can demonstrate that we can prove that because mm. we can say, well, here's a bill from today, here's mm. a bill from two or three years mm. ago, exactly the same space. We haven't grown, we haven't shrunk. Mm. Um, we can actually demonstrate that we have saved um, that that's amount great. of energy mm. uh, coming through. So I think that's very important. The, the downside of it, and I have to take responsibility for this, is I, I don't promote that as well as perhaps we should. Mm. We do have a piece on our intranet where we tell our staff, our students and our visitors who have access to our intranet what stuff we're doing. Mm. Now, I think we could do more. Mm. Um, I'm not one of these people who, who likes to shout about what we've done. I prefer to sort of get my head down and get on and do it. Uh, and maybe we need to sort of stop, mm. come back, and and be a little bit more um, shout a bit louder mm. about some of the achievements that we have made. Um, going forward, reducing our carbon emissions is the number one priority for me in this agenda. Mm. Um, there's many agendas at the university. But when we talk about environmental management, environmental property, we're talking about making it better. Mm. What else can we do? And now we're in a position where new things don't necessarily cost huge amounts of money because we have the infrastructure, we have the, we have the mechanics there mm. um, to, 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 to do these things. Now, for example, we are replacing, we have some very fine roof lights on one of our buildings which uh, the northern lights, if, if anybody knows exactly what that is, um, the timber, they're, they're in very poor condition, they're past the best, uh, they're leaking dreadfully. We're taking an opportunity to replace all these and replace all the roof coverings. Now, to put it into context, that's about a million pounds worth of work. Right. So that is, that is a phenomenal piece mm. of work. As I always say, that's a lot of numbers of students that we need for a lot of years to pay for that. Yeah. Um, but that's one of the things we did. Now, the, the key benefit that we've picked up on there, there's, there's a couple of things. The first one is the windows will all have uh, actuators. Uh, yes, opening uh, actuators, um, which will control with a temperature system within the building to say it's hot, it's cold, it's wet, mm. and so forth, and that will automatically control the windows via the BMS. 
Now, people might say, well, that's quite simple, isn't it? No, it's an opportunity. Mm. Because to do it from a standing start, which would be very difficult given the windows we've got, would be very expensive. Mm. But to do it when we're replacing windows and thinking, oh, mm. let's put a cable up mm. there mm. Uh, and a few actuators, mm. um, is is actually uh, not, not an unreasonable cost. Mm. Uh, but that will have a, a, a positive effect on people working in that space going forward. Um, the heating systems that are there, like I mentioned earlier about uh, heating, ventilation and, and uh, cooling systems, this is the same building. So already we're starting to look at saying, well, can we create something to facilitate the new um installation going forward now mm. can we do it now can we do it okay. today and actually we may not do the actual work for two maybe even three years um, and yes we can and that's exactly what we're doing thanks so much for listening we created this podcast for you so we'd really appreciate any feedback you want to give us you can do that by rating and reviewing on your favorite podcast or for itunes visit www.greenelement.co.uk forward slash apple if you'd like to keep in touch then we invite you to join our free facebook community which is everything to do with sustainable and ethical business lots of daily conversations themes and great ideas a really great place to work and network with like-minded individuals if you open facebook and search for the green element hit the group search function we will let you right in all of the show notes, any links, any references to the, on this podcast will be featured on our website, greenelement.co.uk. As a special thank you for listening, please head over to www.greenelement.co.uk forward slash podcast 2018 and you can pick up a free guide on how to green up and environmentalise your business or organisation. That's greenelement.co.uk forward slash podcast 2018.